Thank you for being a listener of the We Are LA Tech podcast. To support and collaborate with the community, become an MVL Most Valuable Listener. You'll have ad-free episodes and join us on our monthly Zoom calls with other podcast listeners and get to know the community at wearelatech.love. Linked in the show notes. No one ever tells you, oh, turn people down. But I was like, hey, you know, as a company... If a customer really isn't aligned with what you're trying to do, you have to be able to say no to those people. I'm Alex Bloomberg, host of the podcast Startup, and you're listening to We Are LA Tech. My name is Esprit Devora, born and raised LA, and I created We Are LA Tech in 2012 to unify the community. Podcast launched in 2014, continuing to help people find the best talent, to connect with each other, to form awesome relationships. So proud of this show. Enjoy. Yes, the Women in Tech podcast Puma Collection is now live and available at shop.womenintechshow.com. That's shop.womenintechshow.com. Make sure to send us a confirmation of your order because we have something extra special, a little surprise for you. Reach out to us on any of the social handles at Women in Tech Show on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook, and we will make sure to get you the extra special surprise. The hoodies and fleeces are so sick. You guys voted on them, decided which ones we should roll with, and I absolutely love it. Check out the photos that we have on the site, shop.womenintechshow.com. That's shop.womenintechshow.com. Today's We Are LA Tech podcast episode shout out goes to Abel Hernandez. Abel Hernandez, thank you so much for engaging with us on the We Are LA Tech Instagram. We appreciate you. Be sure to say hello to Abel Hernandez on Instagram at Abel Product. That's A-B-E-L-P-R-O-D-U-C-T. Tell him you found him via We Are LA Tech. Join thousands of people in LA Tech on our We Are LA Tech Facebook group where you can discover events, job opportunities, and even housing. Go to wearelatech.com slash community. We'll take you straight there. That's wearelatech.com slash community. Today's personal spot is, am I taking advantage of all the amazingness around me? It's really weird. I've been going to the beach lately every morning to work out. And, you know, this is all crazy in the pandemic that we live in. And sorry for the for the noise. Like, I'm outside, so that's what happens. There's noise. I've been thinking a lot as I've been going to the beach, why haven't I been going to the beach this whole time? And it's always because I feel so stressed. There's so much going on. It's so busy. There's so this and so that. And I can't believe I haven't been taking advantage of this of life of this amazing resource that we have like here in LA and just life and whatever resource you have around you, whether you live in, in the mountains or you live in the city, wherever you are, whether you live in the suburbs or you live in the metro area, there's just always opportunities and resource around us to take advantage of. And I feel like we get so lost in our workaholic ways that we don't take advantage of the cool opportunities around us. So just today, take a minute, 
figure out if there's something that you really love that you've always wanted to be doing more regularly, but you don't because you feel like there's just not enough time. And then kind of revisit that and ask yourself, is that really a true statement? Or are you just not making time? Because for me, I just haven't been making time. I could totally set better boundaries around my day to make sure that I can go to the beach. Today was a 6.30 a.m. day and, you know, just days of intention, so much more calming than any way else. All right, enjoy the next episode and I hope you didn't mind all the sound beyond me. Bye. Tech Podcast, spotlighting LA Tech talent and companies. Today we have an amazing LA startup named Top Sheet. Welcome, Stanley. Hello. Hey, Esprit. How's it going? I love your intro. Your energy is amazing. <laughs> Stanley is like, how do you sound like that, that you've been up since 1.30 in the morning? Where did all that energy come from? <laughs> I got to be able to learn your secrets to channel that last minute energy. So I'm ready to go as well. That's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for the compliment. So to kick things off, go ahead and share with everyone a little bit about who you are and what you do. So my name is Stanley Yang. I'm the president of Top Sheet Inc. We basically do entertainment payroll. And our, what we're trying to do is we're trying to make entertainment payroll 25, up to 25 times faster. So basically, a lot of my job is really on the product and also on the marketing side. What I'm really focused on is making sure that we're putting out the best possible product, the best possible technical qualities, making sure that everything is running smoothly for our clients and our customer across the entertainment industry. So what we're trying to really do is trying to bring technology into a very, very archaic field with who are used to filling things out with paper and pen. So it's a nightmare you can imagine, especially with COVID, to pass around paper, pen. So the industry itself is, um, Hollywood itself is very, very backwards in the way they think in terms of um, technology. So what we're really trying to do is like, we want to make you be able to run and process your payroll and your paperwork faster. So whenever you win, we win. Because like when you are happy, we are happy too. So kind of like what we're really trying to do is just build that community and see those smiles on the production sets. And when did you create Top Sheet? We incorporated in 2019 um, in February, and we spent a year building our platform to be able to service people in the entertainment industry. So we built out a mobile iOS and Android application, and we also built out a web application to be able to service the different roles on a production set. And how many people are on your team right now? Yeah, you know, we have a very bootstrapped team. We only have about five people on the team right now. Yeah, so we we do a lot with very little. In my own biased opinion, I actually like smaller companies. I think in our culture of startups, everybody's about venture capital and go big and scale up. And I mean, sure, if that's what you want, I just think as a lifestyle choice, it's very taxing and stressful. And I think one of the things I've learned as an entrepreneur is it's not about making a company big for the sake of making a company big. It's about choosing as a person, what kind of lifestyle do you want? And I think like whether you raise 
whether you want a small company, whether you want to be a freelancer, whatever it is, you're essentially just choosing the lifestyle of that. And so the thing that I don't really align with in the lifestyle of a backed company, a VC backed company, you're under a lot of pressure to bloat your company and accelerate fast, sometimes too fast. And because a venture capitalist typically, like stereotypically, just wants to see if your company will break or not. And either it's going to make it or it's going to fail. And they want to know sooner than later so they could move on and get on to the next one. Yeah. Wow. That's so eloquently put. I love that. And one of the one of the actual books I've been reading recently is the million dollar one person startups where single people are running these multi-million dollar businesses in America. And I love exactly what you what you just talked about because these people have made a lifestyle choice. I want to grow a business, but I might scale it up with a ton of contractors and then I might or I might just scale it up and it's a bunch of technology or I could be scaling up a media company. You know, I'm hiring crews when I need them. And then if I don't, you know, I don't pay them. And basically kind of like, I love that you said that because a lot of times, I think exactly what you said, when you start a business, you have to make the conscious choice. What do you want your life to become? And even a lot of times people don't think about this. This is a huge thing going around recently of KYC, know your customers. And um, choosing the right customer is so important. Customers are very difficult to work with. No one ever tells you, oh, turn people down. But I was like, hey, you know, as a company, if a customer really isn't aligned with what you're trying to do, you have to be able to say no to those people as well. So I love that you brought that up because those are the difficult decisions you as a business owner have to make. So like the constant questions for owners always like, hey, what is the right thing to do for this company? Is it taking on that client? Is it going out and seeking a bigger client? Is it growing this thing out to a venture size company, like quickly scaling up to 30 people and blowing this thing up and making a ton of mistakes along the way fast? I love that you brought that up. That's such a great point. And sometimes, like, I think a lot of times we use that terminology, what's the right decision? What's the wrong decision? When maybe a lot of times there isn't a right or wrong decision. It's about what decision is most in alignment with your internal initiative and objective. And so the right or wrong actually comes with, have you taken the time to explore what is it that you want for yourself to make decisions accordingly? Mm, I love that. You know, I, I think exactly to your point of going through, and sometimes you have to make some mistakes and experience that. And sometimes you go and it just feels perfect, but you don't know unless you take the, you try it out first and you try and figure it out. I love that you said that because most people are like, oh, I want to do this. But then when they actually do it, they're like, I don't want to do this anymore. And then some people are like, like, I think once you as we kind of get more experience where entrepreneurs like us, we understand, you know, this is what I want to be. This is where I want my company to be like. And you you can start making those conscious decisions as you experience more and more different things. But you have no idea when you start out, you just try everything out. One LA tech entrepreneur who I will purposely not mention or even refer to anything about this person because I want to make sure they stay anonymous as possible. But was what was really interesting about what they said, extraordinarily successful and have also had extraordinary failures. And they said they weren't aware the kind of negativity and exhaustion and how taxing it is to be so successful and so in the limelight that they may have not chosen that path for themselves as a prominent business leader had they known 
the amount of atrocious negativity they would have to deal with on a daily basis. And what was interesting, they were saying they don't know who really cares anymore because they're so sought after that they don't know who's in it to genuinely know them or who just wants to be associated with them because of their caliber. Very interesting. That's a, that's a great conversation. And I, I think that's also a really interesting topic because as your profile goes up in the, in the, in the world and life in tech world and whatever, you know, you, you might have people coming to you for maybe the wrong reasons that you don't want people to come to you for. And also with the exposed, the, like, as you kind of grow in publicity, more people know you and you're going to have, again, like online, you're going to have negative things thrown at you, maybe warranted, maybe unwarranted. You're going to think here are things you like or don't like, and you have to be able to just really not take anything too personal either like the good stuff like that let it go the bad stuff let it go you're somewhere in the middle of all that that's a great thing to talk about as well that that profile and the kind of like the fame i guess in some ways let's get back to top sheets since after all this is all about <laughs> being an la tech company where are, in la are you based yeah we're based in burbank during covid we've been completely remote so we have uh we even have an engineer out in uh, atlanta now we're even looking to hire, hey, like where are the talented engineers at? So now we're kind of having that conversation is like, as we kind of go into, this is feels like the month 1000 of COVID now, let's figure out where the talent is. And it, like, don't don't make it so exclusive, like um, to to be so regional. Let's look around the, the United States. Let's, let's look around the world and see where the good talent is. Let's bring some really talented people and work together. That's what we're kind of focusing on now in this as we go into 2021, we're like, hey, we don't know how long this thing is going to go for. It's looking optimistic today, but the situation feels like it's continuing to change day by day. And we're just, everyone's just playing the guessing game right now too. So we're, we're kind of leaning into that remote lifestyle and figuring out, hey, what's the right blend for us? And then um, what's the right mixture? And saving the burn on an office space is also massive for us, too. So that, that's been great. <laughs> totally. Yeah, completely. Okay, speaking of the burn, how have you guys been funded? What have you been doing for sustainability? And what was that book title again you mentioned? It's a $1 million one-person business. I might have the title a little bit off. I will, I will get that and get, I'll get that corrected. Ooh, Google yeah. it and um, we'll put it in the show notes <laughs> yeah. for you. So how have you funded the company Top Sheets, especially in the film business? I mean, in 2020, the film business has gone through a lot of trials and tribulations in the pandemic. So what does that look like for your company? How have you changed your decisions accordingly to adapt to the climate? Tell us all the things. Esprit, it's been one of the most difficult years for the entertainment industry that we've seen on record. Just record shutdowns and big productions, like people, you know, people you never thought would be on their knees. Now, like their entire, like Disney, Warner Brothers, just people losing their jobs in the entertainment industry left and right. And it's been truly heartbreaking for us, like, you know, to see that thing, um, to see that happen. And at the same time, kind of seeing the ingenuity of smaller entrepreneurs or like getting, or even bigger companies getting really creative to survive in the COVID space. So how we've been funded for Top Sheet is basically my, my co-founder and partner, Caleb Pearson and myself, um, in the beginning when we started this idea, we are, hey, in the beginning, we want to be able to fund this business ourselves. So let's bootstrap this from the ground up. 
Let's build this, um, figure out how to build this technology. Let's figure out how to finance the thing, get all the legal things in order, how to get all the contracts, how to figure out what the competitors are doing. What can we do to tweak our service to match our, to get product market fit better? We bootstrapped this thing. And now like we're getting, even during the COVID year, we're getting to a point where we can start funding. We're starting to fund the business with the sales that are coming in. So what we really experienced, just to give you an idea, is revenues looking like this, and then this, and then this. So complete V-shape in this uh, in this year. And for all the listeners, since I know this isn't on video, he pointed <laughs> up, down, up, down. It's essentially the Alps. It's like the Alps. <laughs> right. Yeah, like the, I, w- I would say like this year, like when we saw January, April, and March, it was, it was great. You know, things were rocking and rolling. And all of a sudden we hear, hey, the country's going on shutdown. And then just to see revenue drop to like dang near zero, except the small, small productions is kind of running. And even then they're kind of getting super creative of what, so a lot of our smaller customers there, I was like, man, props to you guys to keep, keep this thing going, to keep your payroll, to help people in this time too. Cause I, I was like, this is a devastating time in the, in America and also in the entertainment industry. I love to see entrepreneurs get so creative around problem solving, even if it's just seems like such a big thing outside of their control. Walk me through when you were sharing with me how operations work for film productions. I was really surprised to hear how manual operations are in the film industry still in this digital age. Can you share with everyone a same insight that you shared with me? Yeah, I love that you asked that question. I'm from the tech, um, the technology world. I've worked in uh, numerous startups at bigger companies. And uh, for my partner, Caleb Pearson, he is in the entertainment space. So me and Caleb were friends before all this started. And one day me and Caleb are hanging around in an Apple store. So Caleb, just a, a little bit of background on him. He was a line producer, which is basically like um, the person who can hire and fire people on a production. He's the guy kind of staffing up and then staffing down a production and um, watching the dollars come in and out. So he was running a, a very small production, just a couple million dollars. And at that time, what he told me was, hey, you know, in the entertainment industry, everyone fills out their time cards on paper and pen. So what they do um, is basically people would show up on a production. They Even if you showed up yesterday, they would make you file your W-4, your I-9, and your all your deal memos and paperwork again. And then even if I show, let's just say I'm working Monday to Friday, they're like, hey, file your I-9 again, file your W-4 again every single day. So the first 15 minutes, everyone gets the drill. They show up, it's like, where's uh, 15 minutes? I'm just going to go and sign all this paperwork. And they're so, um, it's like muscle memory now for them. They just, and write it through. So every day um, they have paper time cards that need to get collected. Let's say you're on a movie production. Essentially you have, let's just say you have a hundred person production and you need to collect all that paperwork. You need to store all the right paperwork in the right places. You need to give it to the production accountants. Then they're working with the payroll companies to try and figure out, hey, like this guy wrote the wrong number. What did he write on that paper? So you can just imagine the amount of nightmare that goes through with like, I can't read this person's handwriting. Just put in a five for that because I think that's what it is. And that's literally what goes on. It is an insane, like just the amount of work that is done. And you, you think about it. I was like, yeah. So when Caleb and I talked about it, I was like, hey, you know, technology, you can solve a lot of those problems. Even if you're a private social security number, you can encrypt it inside of a backend and an API 
in some database and you can't like it's hard for the people crack it if i just walk into the production accountant's office i can just steal someone's paperwork have all their uh private proprietary information that they wouldn't want to be known so you know like i was like hey you know there's a lot of technology solutions we can provide to be doing this and that's when we started kind of discussing the idea and saying wow like there's a lot of opportunity here to be i think there's a wide opening the biggest challenge that we have to overcome is the hearts and the minds of people that are used to the old way of doing things kind of convincing them hey you know what we're trying to do is trying to save you time so you can actually get to do what you love to do which is making movies making commercials making music videos you know getting paid on time so that's kind of the primary focus of why we are in existence today so the other night we were both in a clubhouse room where there were investors saying that they would consider investing in a company. And so Caleb, your business partner pitched, do you guys pitch investors often? Are you open to raising money? Or are you really looking to be a non-funded company and to be sustainable from the revenue? I love that question. And that's like, to be honest with you, and perfect transparency. That's a the discussion that we always have back and forth internally as well. On one hand, a bootstrap company that you own is a, is a beautiful thing. And at the same time, the amount of impact that you can have with a little bit more money to be able to build certain things that you want to do and to kind of like kind of push up the timeline of what you wanted to accelerate, especially in the technology world where every software engineer, like a mid-level engineer costs 130K. So like when you kind of talk about really high prices, kind of figuring out, hey, is it worth our time? We want to be able to get to this and this and this. Is it worth partnering up with the right partners to be able to get to that point? So we actually, for our company, interestingly enough, we actually get approached by a lot of folks who are interested in either investing some money, and we even had companies wanting to buy the whole company, a majority of our company outright. It's a wild, wild west in the tech world. You know, you don't know what's going to happen. So, you know, for, for us internally, we're like, hey, there are these people who are very interested in what we're doing, I think we're in the right place at the right time, solving the right problem. What does that look like? So I think at this point, the things that we, there are some goals that we want to be able to really accelerate into. We want to be, so because of the coronavirus, one of the things that we really want to focus on in 2021 is getting people jobs, getting people hired. We get uh, producers who come to us all the time. They're like, hey, I want to be able to hire people. Do you guys know anyone in Louisiana that fits this this profile, does this job? And, you know, we, we love connecting people to the right place and getting getting them done. So I think that's one of the big focus of what we want to do as we push out of this coronavirus age and into the new one. We want to be able to position ourselves as a company that really cares about the community that we're serving. And we want to be able to really impact people and get them jobs, get them paid, get them paid faster than before, do less administrative tasks, be able to help everyone save time, save money. We have a lot of big goals on the plate for 2021. So I think internally, we, we think that we can we could continue to bootstrap. But if we want to accelerate to some of our bigger goals, we're definitely open to the right partners to partner up with as we kind of go into the new year. If you had one ask of the community, something they could do to support and accelerate you and your success, what would that be? Yeah, that's that's such a great question. And that, that kind of caught me off guard. So I love that you asked that. I think if you have been in the film industry or you know people who are in the film industry, 
yeah, share what we're trying to do, like share the mission of Top Sheet to them. Or if it's you, like come talk to us. We love to talk to people in the industry. When coronavirus shut down the the Hollywood uh, local scene, what we did was we actually took a lot of user interviews to get feedback for our product. We really spent a lot of time with our with our users and asked them, hey, what can we do to serve you better? What are some problems that you have on set that we're not currently serving? What are some things that we can do? We love feedback. If you guys have awesome product ideas, you guys have great feedback, you guys just want to maybe just get connected with us, just talk to us. And, uh, you know, we, we love talking to people and talking to users. And that's one of the highlights of our job. Is there an LA tech company or talent you've come across who's really impressed you? Do you give a shout out? You. You, you're a oh, superwoman. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Yeah, that is like, so sweet and unexpected. Yeah. Thank you. You're such a you're such a hustler and always such a delight to talk to you too. I'm always inspired by people. I think there's so many good people in the LA community. I'm always impressed by the kinds of ingenuity that I see in the LA area and the kinds of products that people are making to make other people's lives better. And then that's kind of the stuff that like the stuff that you do, the stuff that everyone's kind of working on is the stuff that pushes our world forward. So I'm super impressed that uh, this community and just you like great job. Thank you so much. And we met through a really cool site, not an L.A. tech company, but uh, it's called Lunch Club, lunchclub.ai. If you guys haven't checked it out yet, it's essentially matchmaking for business people. And uh, I was really excited when we got connected and I just I feel really lucky to have met you as well and so elated that you're on the We Are LA Tech podcast and an LA Tech company. Are you originally from LA? So I was actually born in Taiwan. For those who don't know, it's uh, to the right of China and south of Japan. It's a very small island. So I was born there. I lived there until I was seven. For most of my life after when I moved to America, I lived in LA and uh, with brief stints out in the Pacific Northwest for a little bit of time. But yeah, most of my time is out here in Los Angeles. What is your favorite tech tool? It could be a mobile app, hardware, software, website. What is your favorite tech tool? The tool I use every single day, honestly, I think about it, it's gotta be like Google. And at the same time, so much of my life is on Amazon. So between like, Google and Amazon, it's really hard to pick who controls more of my, more of my life. Which one takes and, more of your money? <laughs> yeah, if, if it's money, it's probably <laughs> Apple. You know, it's like for sure Apple. I love all these services. Like they're such, they're so life-changing. So honestly, for me, I spend so much time in front of my computer. I'm looking things up. I think Google's got to be my one tool. It's either that or I use DuckDuckGo sometimes if I want to go under and uh, yeah, so the, the search tools are my favorite things to make my life way easier. And um, I, I can't live without it. How can people connect with you? You guys can hit me up on Twitter. I'll respond to you. Handle is Stanley C. Yang, which is S-T-A-N-L-E-Y-C-Y-A-N-G. If you guys send a tweet at me, I'll respond to you guys. Feel free. Don't be a stranger and just reach out to, to me or anyone from my team. We're very happy to talk to people. Thank you so much for hanging out with the We Are LA Tech podcast to connect and collaborate with more extraordinary people in the LA Tech area. Remember to go to the We Are LA Tech Facebook group at wearelatech.com slash community. That's at wearelatech.com slash community. Takes you straight there. Say hello on social, on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook at We Are LA Tech. I will see you guys. Talk to you guys. You guys in the next episode. Bye. Bye. Hey, everyone. This is Stanley Yang. 
at Top Sheet Inc. I'm the president and co-founder, and we're making entertainment payroll up to 25 times faster. We're based in Burbank, and you're listening to We Are LA Tech. The We Are LA Tech podcast is hosted and produced by me, Esprit Devora, With help from Janice Geronimo. Edited by Corey Jennings. Production and voiceover by Adam Carroll. Community spotlight coordination by Anna Freebay. Music from Jay Huffman Live and Epidemic Sound. The We Are LA Tech podcast is a wearetech.fm production. Thank you for being a listener of the We Are LA Tech podcast. To support and collaborate with the community, become an MVL Most Valuable Listener at wearelatech.love. Linked in the show notes.